0: All right, we'll leave it there with the voice notes for now and get straight into our conversation. Let me welcome onto the show Temba Masango, the General Secret, the Secretary General of SA. Temba, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy,
1: and good morning to the listeners. Trust you are. Well.
0: I'm um, well, thank you. Let me also invite Daddy Kunene, who is the Public Relations Officer of Dads in the Picture. Daddy, good morning.
1: Good morning, Mummy. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm well thank you <laughs> I yeah, that's that, that,
1: that's, what, that's what you believe that uh there's in the picture um any any male is a daddy and any female is a is a mom
0: oh okay is that part of the the philosophy that you guys employ
1: yes it is. Oh. uh and then the the grandparents whether you have a grandchild or not uh you are a grandparent because you do have the potential. Uh, you do have that. We believe that you do have the potential and the capacity to fulfill that role,
0: mm-hmm. whether
1: biologically or otherwise.
0: And, and what do you find people? How do you find people respond to it?
1: As uh, surprised you are. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: I must say it caught me off guard. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't see it coming at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially especially those who don't have children or grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, because we believe in in the intrinsic uh, ability of a, a, a grown up to to be able to take care of a younger uh, of a younger child or a younger person, and so we recognise in them that capacity, whether they whether they have given birth or not, but if they would wanted to, and if it was possible, they would have.
0: Okay, well, let's then take a look at some of the work that you have been doing, um, particularly as men who are part of leadership structures for these organizations that are uh, set up to help respond to the issues that we're facing in the country around gender-based violence and femicide. Tamba, when we saw, um, you know, part of that shutdown, Um, that took place in the country in in 2018 and subsequent marches in 2019, it was very clear that, you know, the the situation could not remain the way that it has been, that there needed to be changed and change not just from one sector of society, but change across the board that would really show that, The plight, the cries, the concerns of women have been heard. Not In My Name was one of the organizations that was in the forefront uh, of those protests because you actually um you know worked to get men you campaigned uh, to get men to be part of uh, those protests and it was also uh, you know at the time we would we would we would have the hashtag uh, men are trash that that went viral uh, hashtag me too um also going viral so there was a conflation of all of these different aspects of the conversation that was taking place let's reflect on some of the work that has been done that stemmed out of that moment a historical moment i would say for south africa
1: thank you so much kathy and indeed uh, you know looking back at, uh, you know, from the time where Not In My Name started in 2017, and, you know, we saw ourselves and continue to see ourselves as a countervailing force to those who are intent on undermining our civil liberties. And uh, at the front of that is actually the emancipation of women and the fight that we have uh, of gender-based violence and femicide in this country. Just a few steps, and I'm sure you know this, is that, you know, South Africa's femicide rate is 5.1 times higher than anywhere in the world. And we carry the uh, dishonor of being named and called the rape capital of the world. You know, uh, something like every uh, three and a half minutes or so, somebody is, uh, especially a woman or a child, is abused in this country sexually and otherwise and we are of the view that no country can call itself free until uh, its entire population is uh, indeed free until women can catch a taxi at any time of the night and not be afraid to one to go into a taxi to be able to walk down the street uh, and not be you know uh, held at and and called to be able to apply for a job and actually get the job on rather than uh, actually having to sub sexual favors for getting the job, for uh, women to be able to actually sit down and have debate and uh, you know robust and clear debates without having the fear of actually being abused and uh, you know intimidated uh, by the opposite gender. Now. You you recall that uh, last year there was the gender summit, um, and the president uh, actually made uh, an announcement that he will be giving about a billion rands towards the fight uh, against gender-based gender-based violence and femicide. And Kathy, I I want to say that I don't think these uh, summits uh, actually do good uh, or when it comes to the ground. They're all, all good on paper. Uh, everybody sits in air-condition offices, has great lunches and speaks about uh, what must be done and so on. However, the fight against gender-based violence and femicide in this country needs action on the ground, on a daily basis. It shouldn't be just about uh, ticking a political uh, box where we say we about this and he promised We uh-huh.
0: i just want to come back to the point that you've raised and it's really a question around the role of of summits of this nature and how effective they are is it is it a case of 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 you know the work being done almost being mutually exclusive that if you have work on the ground, then it means that you can't have summits. Can the two not exist because um, they play fundamentally different roles? Um, and if you're questioning then the summit itself, what about it? Do you believe makes it inefficient or unresponsive to the challenges of the day?
1: I, I believe they can be mutually uh, and and and, and, and coexist. However, um, as as you said, um, what is the purpose of it? Because um, they believe that uh, if you're just going to be having summits for the sake of summits' sake, uh, then it's not going to actually bear fruit. Because what you want to see is uh, that those discussions that do take place and actions that uh, get recorded are actually actioned on the ground. Um, there's no use in, in having great, wonderful laws, for example, like we do in the country, and a great constitution and so on. But However, your statistics on crime continue to rise. It shows you that there is a missing link somewhere. And the crucial part uh, of the link is actually action on the ground, where you've got clear, direct, trained police, for example. Um, money could be diverted there, where... Uh, you could actually have police that are uh, trained in, in gender-based uh, violence and sensitivity, especially at the front desk when people come to report cases where they won't have to be pulled away to say, no, uh, this is a family matter I'm a lineage, a and people are burning. Two, uh, it is uh, uh, fundamentally uh, uh, very, 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 very important to actually have uh, set out programs that are rolled out Publicly known that now, for example, we are going to be uh, in schools uh, speaking about the effects of misogyny and, 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 and toxicity, and uh, you know, in terms of masculinity of young men and what it is to be a, a progressive young man in this day and age that we're living in. We are going to be challenging societal norms uh, that way. that by virtue of you. Being born with a penis, you are therefore greater than uh, somebody else. So uh, those are things that need to be brought in and actually attacked and, and, and fought on a daily basis because justice must not only be done, but it must be seen to be done. So if you're having some good and well, my issue is how are you actually doing it? And that is why we are calling for a, a clear audit on what was done previously. Mm. Money that was spent, how was it spent? Otherwise, we're just having a, you know, a nice uh, ticking box where we uh, say, you know, uh, we condemn whatever is happening, what's wrong in the country, and so on. What are we doing about it? So, uh, yes, they can uh, occur with this, but I doubt that they are mutually exclusive.
0: Um, Daddy, let me bring you in here because, uh, again, the the conversation around efficiency is is a big one. And it's often easy for us to turn the spotlight on government and negate the role that other sectors of society play, including business, um, including civil society, but also including ourselves as as individuals. Where do you think the, the biggest gaps lie here?
1: Yeah, uh, thank you for that great question here, Mommy. Um the biggest gap lies at home, uh how our boys and our girls are raised. Um I'll I'll tell a very quick story. One time my daughter was misbehaving and then I thought, okay, let me just discipline her and do a pow pow. And then I caught myself before even saying I'm doing this because I love you. Um and because and as parents we easily make that mistake that we we discipline them or we give them we do corporal punishment and we justify it by saying because i love you and and therefore they then become our children become accustomed to when somebody beats me it's because they love me so when somebody loves me they must show they must show it to me by beating me and they tend to accept that and then our boy children they learn the violence from us, from society, look at how we protest. We, we protest and we involve violence. Uh, so many things in our society, even in the home, we use violence a lot of the times, and what do families do? We can't talk about this, let's keep it under wraps, let's keep it in the family, because what will people say? And that creates shame in the one who has been violated. It creates shame that we should not talk about this.
0: Apologies, Daddy, I'm going to ask you just to, to hold on for me. Um, and I'm really sorry for, for interjecting there. It's 10.30, time for the latest headlines. I'll give you a chance uh, to continue after this. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're looking then at the work being done in particular by men's organizations when it comes to the scourge against gender-based violence and daddy kunene you represent of course um dads in the picture organization dads in the picture and you were just breaking down where the gap exists um, between all of these different sectors, because uh, like like I was raising, it's often very easy for us to to put government under the spotlight, as we rightfully should. But when it comes to gender-based violence, we also understand that it's not a government task alone.
1: Yes, it, it's definitely not. Um, and also moving away from, from 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 focusing on the families, but also I want to highlight this. Each and every person who is serving in government in their different roles, they all have a home where they come from. And if, if the teaching started at home on the girls, don't accept when somebody even slaps you or even raises a hand to threaten you. Um, just don't accept that no matter how you feel about that person, no matter who that person may be. Secondly, boys don't do that. And we instill those principles. The very same people who come from the home will go to work in their respective government departments, in the subs, social workers, uh, social development, and so on. They will then bring those principles from the home to the, to their respective spaces, and they will then carry those through, and then we will see a change. But if nothing is happening at home, and we all expect government to be doing things for us, then unfortunately, things will take forever. Imagine if a community were to stand up and say, yes, this gentleman or this guy here has violated someone, he has beaten this uh, a woman or child, um, and so we demand justice to take place. And in demanding justice, we hold the subs to account, we get the case number, we make sure that the, the one who is the victim goes there and we sit with them until they are done in opening the case. Because I tell you, Kathy, another problem that they have is, and this I witnessed uh, on Friday, most women, when they go to the police station after experiencing gender based violence, they will go to the police station, write out a statement or open a case, and then come back later to cancel or close the case, or withdraw, it, rather. And, and the police unfortunately left, you know, with no, with no other option but to honor the, the victim's request. And so, I saw that even for myself, where a police officer took his time to understand the merits of the woman who had come to report a case. He, he painstakingly in a very neat handwriting wrote about three pages of this lady's statement and when she was done they asked her okay now the next step what's going to happen is apc she said you know what no let me go home and think about it because i don't want this and and the police could not do anything so those are the loopholes that if the community were to stand up and say Let's go and sit with you while you open this case, and you will not stop until it's done, until we have a case number, yeah. and until the perpetrator is brought to book. And once the perpetrator is brought, is brought to book, the staff can say, now let's bring in a social worker to work with the perpetrator and get to understand his frame of mind as to why did he do this, what made him think he's entitled to all of the things that he did, what goes into that. And, and start the the rehabilitation process from there, and the, and if we were to do that, mm, we would slowly start to see a change. The
0: the point that that you're that you're making is such an important one about how victims and survivors are supported, particularly you know by that first layer of support system, whether you know it's the family and then moving on to the community that they're in, because. You know, part of what we have seen is our countries that even women who go and report um, cases of of violence, etc., those women are often ridiculed in the very same community, sometimes by their very family members, which again, you know, it makes it difficult to come forward. And say, this has happened to me, when you know that ultimately it will end up in the public space. And once you have a case that's opened, it's unavoidable for it to be in the public space.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, And and that's, that's another part where the village has to come in raising a child and in also supporting each and every member of the village. That whenever somebody has experienced a tragedy, Let us not bring shame to them. Let us not make them feel shameful. We need to be railing behind them as if they have a a, a deceased in the family. You know how when when somebody has died in your family, that the community comes and says, Oh, sorry, what can we do? How can we support you? And they are there railing behind you. We need to do that for victims of GBV. And also, Cathy, the most important thing is we need to caution Um, against manipulating the system for those women who tend to use gender-based violence as a tool to punish or or create false claims Um, because then that then diminishes the whole movement towards holding people accountable Mm -hmm. and and making sure that we are fighting gender-based violence Mm -hmm. so it's a whole collective effort that we all not even let's let's put government aside Let's put the politicians aside. That we as individuals, that I as Zibu will have to do. I have to be intentional whenever I see such a thing happening and support somebody who has been violated. And and really call out anyone who prides themselves in that they have slapped a woman or they have slept or violated a child or kicked the child or kicked the woman because no one is worthy of that.
0: Mm. Tamba, let me me come back to you here. One of the big questions that we have not been able to fully address as as a country is really around the fact that men, by and large, are the biggest perpetrators of violence, of gender-based violence. This does not mean that it is only men that commit violence, but by and large, Violence against women and children is committed by men. What are what are the conversations that an organization like uh, hashtag not in my name is having with men in trying to understand what drives this kind of behavior? Why, despite the alarm that has been raised in the country, it is not changing the experience, of women, which is it is not re- resulting in the reduction of violence.
1: Right. And and indeed, uh, you you've put it correctly when you say, uh, by and large, it is uh, women that suffer, uh, you know, the, the the rotten end of the stick when it comes to uh, gender based violence and femicide in this country. And of course, yes, men, uh, there are men, on them as well however uh, we, we should as men also uh, realize that uh, we have the societal advantage on our side with what the historical uh privilege on our side uh where you know men have always grown with the privilege of knowing that uh in you know uh, i even give examples like even in some homes where patriarchy is still pushed even by, uh, you know, the the mothers and the grandmothers. Kids have eaten supper and so on, and the grandmother would say, "'Girls, get up, go and wash your dishes, and the boys uh, go on and do whatever they want to do.'" And so these are things that we should be able to uh, alter a little bit and be able to say, "'Guys, you know, being able to wash dishes and cook is not a, uh, a gender thing. It's actually about survival in life, generally. I was, you know, um, having a, a discussion with my son the other day, and I told him, nothing today you should cook. He said, no, but, you know, uh, why doesn't uh, uh, my mom cook and so on? I was like, no, but uh, cooking has got nothing to do with gender. gender. It's, it's got about, it's got to do with survival. you are just as useless as the edges. This built up an anger, quite anger in him uh, against women. However, he, he, he feels a deep sense of love and appreciation for his mother raising him. So he's a, a conflicted individual. And uh, these are discussions that we have and trying to say that, you know, it, it's, we can't generalize the issue of violence towards um, men or women. Uh, however, we need to be able to uh, look at mindsets and be able to go back into people's lives and, 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 and try mm. and make them understand better.
0: So, so Tamba, part of the reason why I asked the question around, you know, what men have to say about what drives them to violence is the fact that it also requires for men to acknowledge that they're per- perpetrators of violence, certain violence that that takes place. And and it's a different type of conversation to have with those that are behind bars versus... Uh, you know with men that are not behind bars because yeah. those that are committing you know this crime are not necessarily those behind bars it's those it's men that um, effectively uh, have the ability of just roaming the streets every single day they're in our homes they in our workplaces mm. and, and and so it, it really to me also speaks about the level of acknowledgement, that we have from men about their own role in this 100%. violence that we are seeing
1: 100 percent. and i think it is uh, uh, also becoming of us uh, as men in society to be able to call one another out and to be able to uh, say to each other that you know the type of derogatory behavior and the uh, Speech that you have about women in their presence or in their absence shouldn't be allowed. Um, what we say, uh, you know, as guys in locker rooms and gyms or at the bars or at the, you know, at the or at the car wash, we should be able to actually, uh, you know, shun uh, those amongst us who are, uh, you know, uh, perpetrators and. Uh, pushes of this misogynistic uh, you know male uh, tendencies that we find Uh, and also we should be able to uh, call them out and say listen we're not going to allow that amongst us instead of having uh, you know these alpha male talks and then people you know just you know laughing at that uh, you know little jokes that are said about women and uh, you know statements that are said if As men, we should be able to uh, guard one another so that uh, in private and in public, that mindset can start changing. If there is a guy amongst us who will be able to say, guys, that's not going to happen, not in my name. I'm not going to allow this uh, discussion to continue the way it's going on because, as you can see, it is clearly wrong, it's bigoted, and it's evil. Uh, You know, one person standing up will give... Uh, the rest amongst us and the courage to be able to stand up and then we'll be able to call each other out and and that's uh, very important uh, for men uh, to do without having a a mentality of saying you know we are uh, being emasculated and so on because um, I always say to guys there's nothing wrong with masculinity uh, we are all guys and we are guys guys and it it is it's, it's great the camaraderie. The problem is that it's when it becomes toxic, when it becomes degrading, when it becomes bigoted. That's the problem. And uh, uh, you know, you you can actually be a very masculine man without being crass. You know, and those are things that we need to be able to teach, uh, guys, and be able to uh, speak out against. And and uh, you know, Kathy, uh, it's harder said than done, but. Uh, um, that's part of the reason why we have uh, boy-child programs and men programs where we get together and be able to talk about these issues.
0: All right. Uh, we're in conversation. Temba Masako, he's the Secretary General of the Hashtag Not In My Name South Africa, and Daddy Kunene is with the uh, Dads in the Picture organization. Um, yeah, I, I'm not getting a sense really uh, around just how the nature of conversations amongst men is is changing. And, and perhaps that's something that I'll put out to our listeners as well this morning. What is the acknowledgement? Is there an acknowledgement of the role that men play when it comes to the high levels of gender-based violence in this country? And what happens beyond that acknowledgement, right? Beyond saying men are part of the problem when it comes to gender-based violence. In fact, men are a huge part of the problem when it comes to gender-based violence. And how do we actively begin to change that? I hear Tamba talking about men calling each other out. Does that happen? How does that calling out even look like? What are the real-life examples and scenarios that men can talk about and say, actually, Kathy, this is what I do, or this is what I have done. Is that happening? I'll take your calls on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. That's the number to dial this morning. Zero eight six triple zero. Two zero three two on the WhatsApp line zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. That's why I'll take some of your voice notes.
1: The talking point with Kathy Mosasana weekdays nine am till midday.
0: All right. So we've received a couple of WhatsApp voice notes uh, in contribution to uh, this conversation. Before I take those, um, Daddy, I just wanted to, to give you a chance to, to come in here, and I think just really responding more directly to the question that that I asked Temba as well, about what are the conversations that are happening with men about these high levels of violence? And is there an acknowledgement from men that men are a big part of this problem of gender-based violence that we have?
1: Um, Thank you, Mami, for that great question. Yes, and... From, there is an acknowledgement that we as, as men play a big role in it in two ways, in, in being perpetrators and in us not standing up and actually being present in raising our children. Um, one of the things that we, we also teach a dad is, or maybe bring awareness to a dad, is when you are absent in the life of your child, the benchmark is now very low for them because they use you as the father to set a benchmark for their lives in terms of when and how they engage with the partner. And if you are not there, how will that child model their roles? As well as if you are not there, it creates a certain anger in a child that they are neglected, that they are not worthy of love, and they will try and seek love in other spaces and other means, and that becomes and that has the potential to be a toxic search for love. Um, and and then what we then do is we always acknowledge that whenever a dad is is or a male is is showing a certain behaviour, that behaviour is informed by so many other things in his upbringing. And in, he, in what he may have been led to believe, uh, some people call women these things. Uh, these people, you know, you must you must show them who's boss. You must show them who's got the power. But we we actually challenge each other on that. That why do you think that you believe? Why do you believe that a woman has to be shown that who's got the power? Um, and 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 the most amazing thing that they never realize is. Sometimes when you're in the home as, as a dad or as a maid, you think you call the shots. But in actual fact, a woman can allow you to think that you call the shots when she actually calls the shots. So the power that you think you have, you may not necessarily have because she can do so many things if she were to exercise her true power. And, and we, we then say the best form of parenting is co-parenting where both parents understand that they parent, they parent differently, and each parent brings something different to a child's life. And so fathers will teach, or men will teach a child differently to what a mother teaches, and both people are required to be present. And as Udiri has mentioned, that some of the inmates that he has spoken to have indicated that there was an absent father in the home. And, and that's one thing that we keep highlighting. And that's why we even say dad must be in the picture whenever a child is reflecting on their life and seeing that dad has always been in the picture. If dad All was right. not there, there was a positive male role model who was there showing me how to engage with a man and how to be a man.
0: All right. I want to quickly take James and now spread. James, good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you, Cassie?
0: I'm alright. How are you, James?
1: I'm good. Uh, I just want to raise the issue of this gender-based violence. I'm 34 myself, and Mm. I've never been married. Mm. And I've been in relationships where they were toxic before I used to fight with my girlfriend. But I think part of the reason is that people fall for people who are not their types. Because if you think or you want to live like an African man where you don't have to necessarily take orders from your wife or girlfriend, it becomes a problem if you're dating someone who set set time tracks for you to come back at home, when to see your friends and whatnot. So if you can avoid being in a relationship with a person who maybe your wife or girlfriend says, I will go out with the girls, she comes back at 11 and they don't like it fight with her obviously mm. that's where the problem starts but if you're dating someone who understands that okay i'm james I, I can go out with the guys come back at 11. because sometimes when you come back you find angry, thing then the fight starts then maybe you're intoxicated then you beat her mm. so if you date people who understand that okay maybe i want us to live like this this gender violence won't happen
0: you know, James, you raise an important point in, in terms of the role of intimate partner violence um, when it comes to gender-based violence. But in our country, we know that you know it, it goes far beyond just intimate partner relationships, right? There is an, an overall prevailing sense that many men have that they have the power to control and dominate any woman. Um, regardless of the status of that woman in their lives. Not that it should make a difference, but that's how we, you know, we, we, we then see the amount of rapes that take place in this country, rapes that are also then perpetrated by strangers, you know, against women.
1: Yes, 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 yeah, that's
0: true. It's part of a, a broader psyche, really, James, That that, that we have to interrogate and, and 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 ask questions about a, as a society
1: yes yes yes, yes. Uh, okay I, I can hear you thank you mm. i just wanted to raise
0: mm. my
1: view on that yeah all right
0: all right james thanks th- thanks for calling in and, and for raising that specific issue uh, temba let me give you a chance to come in now because i see we're running out of time and i haven't even gotten a chance to go to to the voice notes yet so when it comes then to the the conversations that need to happen in the country going forward, right? The reality is that we are not making progress, um, not at the level, not at the scale that we need to be making that progress. Do you think we've been able to clearly identify why that is the case?
1: No, think good question. And I, I think uh, indeed we must acknowledge that we, we are not making progress progress, and as activists, sometimes um, and this work is a uh, very um, unthankful job, and it's, a, it's one where you you are almost demoralized I out of many times, because you take a step forward, you have a successful case and a successful uh, sentencing, and then two days later, you know, three times worse the crime happens, and more people are actually being involved in these type of heinous crimes, and you wonder what is it going to take to actually uh, make a turnaround and see a sustainable turnaround. And uh, I wish we can find somebody with a clear answer that is actionable. Because, um, as I say, as activists on the ground on a daily basis, it is a very, very difficult thing, and it is very heartbreaking when you aim uh, to be going backwards and more than forwards. Uh, most of the time and um, as men uh, we do acknowledge that we are uh, a big 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 uh, part of the mm. uh, problem and that being said we also acknowledge and understand and take the responsibility to know that we are a big part of the solution of the, pro- of the problem All right. and like the, uh, like my, uh, my, my brother said there starts with us as fathers as brothers let us be there let us be present, I think, uh, and from from day one. And let us make a conscious uh, decision that, uh, you know, if our generation has failed, the next one is not. And right. we're going to make sure our children are better people.
0: Please. Let's leave it there for this morning. Temba Masako is with the hashtag NotInMyName, and Kunene is a public re- relations officer of Dads in the Picture. It's 11 o'clock.